Let's do this. Week one edition of the Nate Taylor Show. Carrington Harrison here. Nate Taylor here talking football with you for the next hour until we hand things off to our guy, Dusty Likens. <laughs> Nate, how was your trip to Phoenix, man? Oh, it was great. It was great, C-Dot. Um, that's, a, that's some dry heat, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> some, that's some dry heat. Uh, but no, I did, I did just fine. I don't know if I did as well as the Chiefs. Um, who absolutely just put a fire on the Cardinals. You can't really beat an NFL team worse than the Chiefs beat the Arizona Cardinals. In they in their home, in front of their fans. Like people were heading for the exits at the third quarter, Carrington. I would have left before then. I would have left at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> like Harrison Bucker makes that 54 yard. You're like, you know what? I can do something else with my time. It just ain't our day. It, oh. <laughs> Man, it was um. It was the most complete, just curb stomping um, for an opening day game that I can remember. Um, and, I, and I think everything obviously went right for the Chiefs. You know, Patrick Mahomes was clearly motivated. Um, Andy Reid had everybody sort of ready to go, whether that was a rookie who had never played in the league you know, or, you know, all these veteran receivers, whether it's Juju Smith-Schuster or Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, like, all these guys were ready. Um, and I felt like they played a smart game of football. And then talent just took over. Like, they they were clearly the more talented team. And that might be the way for a lot of games this season. So it's just a matter of, hey, do you have the right game plan? Do you execute? And can you just remind everybody again why Patrick Mahomes is, is the most talented dude in the league, Carrington? Like, I know, I know everybody wants to find – Someone who's comparable to Mahomes. There isn't. And then Mahomes just reminds you, no, 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 no. No. I mean, no. the only comparison I remember, and we'll get to the game. Right, right, right. I remember the throw he made against San Francisco when his first home start. Mm. And I remember this like mm. it just happened yesterday. Yes. I said to myself, uh-huh. that's Aaron Rodgers with a little bit of Russell Wilson. Like, there are not many human beings in the world that could have made that play. Mm-hmm. Like, since then, I think that's exactly what we've gotten. That if you had told somebody when you get drafted, when they do a draft comparison. Right. Hey, you're Aaron Rodgers with, like, a little bit more mobility than Russell Wilson. Oh, you're, you're... – no, that, that's what he turned out to be. That is right. exactly what Patrick Mahomes is. This was the take that I had on the show. The schedule came out May 12th. Uh-huh. You gave the Chiefs 122 days to prepare for that Arizona Cardinals team. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes has never thrown an interception, a season opener. He has never lost a season opener. I thought week one was about what kind of offseason did you have? The Cowboys Mm -hmm. had a very tumultuous offseason. Cowboys got smoked. Mm -hmm. The Rams didn't have their quarterback for basically the entire offseason. It looked like it for week one. Yep. I thought how your offseason went and sort of the energy around your team really bared itself out. Look at these two teams offseason. Arizona spent the entire offseason fighting with his quarterback, <laughs> spent this entire offseason trying to figure out what's going on with DeAndre Hopkins. J.J. Watt wasn't there. Right. They made a trade for Hollywood Brown. They had an offensive coach assault somebody, allegedly. They just had a lot of stuff going on. It's hard enough to beat Kansas City, but it's even harder when you have all these things sort of pulling away at your attention and I thought we really saw that play bear itself out with the game plan and how prepared those two teams looked for each other on Sunday. And one team changed part of its identity. We got to get younger. We got to get faster. We got to, we see our deficiencies from 
the place, you know, from the postseason last year. And we got to fix those things or at least do some moves to strengthen ourselves so that we're, we don't have such glaring weaknesses. And we saw Arizona Cardinals team that pretty much just trotted out the same team. In Carrington, they trotted out the same strategy. One of the most fascinating parts about watching the game in person and then being able to ask the guys right after the game is you want to get some truth. You want to get some, some real answers. I felt like the guy who gave the most real answer was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I just asked him, like, hey, like, they didn't do anything? Like, you like you just mentioned they had all this time to get ready. And Clyde was just like, no, nah, what they showed us last year is what they did today. And then we torched them because we were more prepared. We had more wrinkles. We had obviously more formations. We had a whole set of different skill position players around Patrick Mahomes. So... Yeah, it demonstrates what your offseason was. And at the same time, it reveals just the talent level on the coaching staff and on the roster. So it bodes well for the season because you spend the whole offseason trying to tell yourself, how can we get better? And then you actually go out and try to accomplish that. Or some teams, bigger with their quarterback, trying to get things situated with their own staff. They don't get younger or more athletic. They just sort of keep what they have, which we've talked about before. Um, and so it's not a it's not a surprise that the Chiefs won Carrington. I think it's a surprise that they dominated from start to finish, and now they feel like a true juggernaut. Which I thought, hey, maybe it might take them four or five weeks to get this thing really into gear. They're here, like they're ready. Um, and the card found out really quick that you you have to be prepared for a team like this. But the Chiefs, to me, are what the entire offseason is about, which is getting better. And then when you demonstrate it on the field with a quarterback and a coach of this talent, then, yeah, like, this is who you are. This is who you should be. Um, and the Cardinals were just a conduit. You know, that's what I wrote in The Athletic. Like, the Cardinals are just, like, I'm sorry, but, like, y'all just, y'all just have to be the team that we have to make an example out of so that everybody understands who we are. And I know you spoke with Patrick earlier today. Um and he said something very interesting to you was just like, we have to let people know that the Chiefs are still Super Bowl contenders. And the earliest they could do that was on Sunday, and the Cardinals found out. Um, and so if you're any team in the NFL, you're like, please don't sign us up for Chiefs on week one. Please don't do that. Because as long as Mahomes and Reed are there, they're going to show new things, and they're they are capable of embarrassing you. Um, so if you want to improve in the offseason and then you show it, in the first game, then you're legitimate. And the Chiefs have accomplished at least one task for this season. You listen to the Nate Taylor show here on 610 Sports Radio. I kind of want to go down and talk about some of the key players and how they played in this game. The running game, the way that it was used, mm-hmm. the efficiency of it was absolutely perfect. Yep. I thought that was one of the better versions we've seen of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I thought how they used Jarek McKinnon aligned with how I thought they were going to use him. And I thought Pacheco did great in mop-up duty. He came in when the outcome was determined. Right. But I thought he ran hard. I thought he looked good and gave you reasons to be optimistic. Mm -hmm. I thought their running game gets an A+. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And I'm sure you've heard this when people tweet you or talk to you about it. Ah, the Chiefs need to run the ball more. I don't (laughs) think they need to run the ball more. 
I think they need to be more efficient when they decide to run the football. And I thought they were incredibly efficient in this game against the Cardinals. You are correct. And, and to add to your point, Carrington, they need to be le- they need to be a legitimate threat when they run the football. So, yes, I've I've reported it. I've written it several times. The team wants to be more balanced. That's that's an objective. <laughs> but you also have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So, like, it's never going to be a 50-50 breakdown of, like, running run the pass. Obviously, depending on the score, the situation, who your opponent is, that'll that'll vary. But when you hand the ball to a running back, whether it's Clyde, Jarek, or Isaiah, you want the defense to feel like, oh, that's like a real, like we have to account for that. Whereas last year they had to do so many, you know, misdirections, trickery, you know, sort of glitzy plays to get McCall Harbin the ball in the backfield, to get the ball to Tyreek Hill early, to have Travis Kelsey line up in the backfield. The most fascinating part about yesterday, Carrington, was that all Patrick Mahomes had to do was just hand the ball off. He didn't have to lead the team in rushing. He really didn't have to scramble a lot. So the running backs, I thought, did a valuable job protecting him when the Cardinals did blitz. You know, the Cardinals never sacked Mahomes. Part of that is because the offensive line is super talented. Part of that is because Mahomes is a wizard when he starts to improvise. And part of that is because, hey, when we run these play-action passes, they actually work because we've been running the ball on the Arizona Cardinals. It's fascinating to me, Carrington, that, you know, the Cardinals might not have the best defense in the league. But in the first half, Clyde averaged 6.3 yards a carry. I don't know if that's ever happened in his career. Maybe that was on opening night of his rookie debut against the Houston Texans. I'd have to go back and check. But that's a that's a pretty big number. So if you're getting six yards a touch, well, now you're in second and fours. Or now you're in third and fours, and you hand the ball off maybe. Um, they are so – they have the ability now to be consistent with all three of these running backs. And the fun part for Pacheco was, hey, man, they know you're running the ball. So, like, go out and prove and show your skill set. And he still did it at a high level. Um you know, it was great that you asked Mahomes about getting him the football after he was so uh, so enthusiastic scoring the touchdown, you know, his first NFL career touchdown. And I thought watching Clyde and Jerry be so excited for him sort of proves to that whole group that, like, yeah, this is who we should be for the whole season. We should be able to run the football so that Mahomes doesn't have to do everything. And as long as the offensive line stays intact, yeah, why can't Clyde Edwards-Zolaire be – one of the top skill position guys on this team, even though he hasn't shown it for a full season yet. Well, maybe this is the time for him to do that. And Pacheco's going to be a great haymaker. I think Clyde and Jarek are some jabs, maybe some hooks, but Pacheco has a chance to be an uppercut for this offense. So it was great that the circumstance allowed him to get some, some real game touches, some real game experience. So as you move forward through the regular season, he can be a legitimate option where you can have a true tandem, or you can keep the rotation where it is, and, and Jerry McKinnon's going to obviously serve that role as a third down back. At this point, to me, it's no longer about draft position when Clyde Edwards is there. Like, he's just not going to be able to live up to being a 31st overall <laughs> Are you pick, telling right? me he's not Saquon Barkley? No, he's not going to be that. <laughs> and, I mean, Jonathan Taylor was drafted after him. I think J.K. Dobbins is a better running back to him. I know he's been banged up. But, like, yeah. that, I'm, I'm kind of past that DeAndre point. Swift exists. I would say exactly what he is on pace for. I know it's tough to play the on-pace game through right. one week. He is on pace to run for a little over 700 yards and have 500 yards receiving. 
Now, the receiving numbers are probably way more than what they would be over the course of the year. Mm -hmm. But if he can be just what he was as a rookie, an 800-yard rusher around 350 through the air, I will take that from Clyde Everett to Lair, <laughs> knowing that you're going to get something from Jarek McKinnon, knowing that you're going to get something from Isaiah Pacheco. At this point, to me, you got a four-year running back on an $8 million contract. How do you get the most out of that player? I'm not worried about him being the 32nd overall pick anymore. Right. I'm worried about him being an efficient running back, an effective running back in the 11 to 15 times that he touches the ball over the course of the game. Yeah, and you want to know what the what the what the cool part was, Carrington? He didn't go down on first contact. He actually fought through some contact and gained some additional yards. Um, obviously, that's the thing that Pacheco probably has the greatest ability right now on the team. But yeah, they they have a chance to be just a consistently efficient offense, which is, hey, um, we got these tight ends. We got these receivers. They got to account for what Mahomes is going to do. It's all right there for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Like, there might be games where he has over 100 yards, which obviously could lead to him having a 1,000-yard rushing season, which I would deem to be a massive success. I'd be stunned if he got to 1,000 yards. It's, it's possible because I just think not every team like the Cardinals is going to blitz. So you might, you know, we might see on Thursday the Chargers say, hey, you know, let's let's see if Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the offensive line can beat us. And there's going to be chances for him and Jerick McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco to sort of prove that. So there, there's a chance that if everything goes right and he stays durable, that, yeah, maybe he can have 1,000 yards rushing because there's really no excuses now. What they showed against the Cardinals – like, the Cardinals are not the worst team in the league. They're not the best team in the league. But they are a team in the NFL. And what they showed is you should be able to run the football. Mahomes should not have to do everything, which he was sort of asked to do at times last year, um, even with the likes of having Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. So run the football. Don't go down on first contact. And you'll make life easy for Mahomes, which will just, which will just irritate the hell out of every defense. I mean, there were times, <laughs> there were times yesterday, Carrington, where Mahomes was play action, the defense has to respect it because we've been getting gashed on the run. And there's two defenders next to Travis Kelsey, and it doesn't matter because Mahomes is super accurate. And I just feel like those plays can happen throughout the entire course of the year now if you run the football successfully. Or if you're, again, accountable and at least a legitimate option instead of just being like, hey, we just have to worry about the pass. Right now, we're talking to Nate Taylor. It is the Nate Taylor Show here on 610 Sports Radio, taking you up until the top of the hour. Let's take a break here. Coming up on the other side, I want to talk to you about the passing game. Obviously, the Chiefs this offseason traded Tyreek Hill, and we got our first look at the cast of characters Mahomes has to throw the ball to. We'll get your take on it next. Keep it right here. It is the Nate Taylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey football fans, Josh Klingler here to tell you that with NFL Sunday Ticket only on DirecTV, you can watch your favorite team no matter where you live. Because NFL Sunday Ticket gives you every live, out-of-market game every Sunday afternoon. So switch to DirecTV and learn how to get the 2022 NFL Sunday Ticket season included at no extra cost. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. With choice package and above, 24-month agreement required. Call for details. 1-800-DIRECT-TV. At Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City, we are here. 
cure for spring fevers and lowering fevers. Here for first checkups and first dances. Here for planting seeds and growing communities. For more than 80 years, Blue KC has been here for good and will be here for the moments that matter, today and tomorrow. Because at Blue KC, we are here for good. Learn more at hereforgoodkc.com. Here's another Outdoor America fishing tip presented by Wholesale Batteries, the right battery the first time. Here's the host of Outdoor America, Tommy Bench. Line twist is something that a lot of folks go through and they don't understand why their line is twisting up. It can really ruin your day. One way to do that, in particular with a spinning rod, is to not flip your bell over manually. So that's a big no-no. That'll twist your line up worse than anything. But also, with the popularity of these whopper poppers and, and baits just like, like the Berkeley Chapo, I've always noticed if you try to reel them too fast, the whole bodies will spin on you. And, it, and essentially, it'll twist your line up very, very badly. So those are just a couple ways ways to try to help out keep your rod tip up you won't have the frustration of having to re-spool your whole line because of it i'm tommy bench and we'll see you on the water outdoor america with tommy bench heard every saturday morning at 5 a.m on 610 sports radio presented by wholesale batteries did you know that rubies and sapphires are a gem variety of the same mineral called corundum what's the distinction rubies are red Sapphires encompass all the other colors. I'm Tom Shane. At Shane Company, we offer natural rubies and over a dozen colors of natural sapphires, including blue, yellow, green, and pastel colors like lavender and pink. I fly to Bangkok to buy them. Traveling to the gemstone capital of the world allows me to examine each stone individually and only choose those that are full of fire and life. That's what gives corundum its beauty, the brilliance within the stone. I then have each stone expertly recut by our Bangkok team of full-time stone cutters to maximize its inherent beauty. We have the largest selection of rubies and sapphires in town. Visit us and see for yourself. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business. Shane Company and ShaneCo.com. This week, raise a glass to your home team's Tully Touchdown with Tullamore Dew, the original triple blended, triple distilled, smooth sipping Irish whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume, imported by William Grant and Sons Incorporated, New York, New York. This is for the men who never settle, the ones who believe only quitters and a game and a tie. The type of guys who choose the bar with the biggest TVs to overcompensate for theirs at home. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. It's game on tonight at Twin Peaks as we welcome football with $10 street tacos and 22-ounce Coors Light or Miller Light bundles. Watch Russell Wilson and Denver as they take on the quarterback's old squad in Seattle. Who do you have coming out on top after the trade? Kansas City has voted You Move Me the best moving company in the city. I think it's because we're full service and because we're careful and courteous. We take good care of your important belongings. I love You Move Me because they make moving simple and easy. You Move Me to make your next move stress-free. Hey guys, it's Carrington here. And for the third straight year, Patrick Mahomes will join me every Monday at 2.15. We'll talk about the game, life outside of football, and who knows what else. But I guarantee you, it's the only place in the country where you're going to get weekly access to number 15. 
Plus, if you missed the interview, we'll replay it at 5.15 during your drive home. And as always, you can catch it on demand with the Odyssey app and on 610sports.com. Patrick Mahomes is back on the drive Mondays at 2.15 and 5.15 on your official broadcast partner for the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. We have a touchdown on Monday Night Football. Will Disley tied in for the Seattle Seahawks with Uh-oh. a 38-yard touchdown Uh-oh. reception. The first possession of the game. Mm. Seahawks, six, pending the extra point. These Broncos. Broncos. Goose egg. These Broncos better not lose, Carrington. Not on Russell Wilson night. It will not be good. It will. It will. That will not be good for the Broncos. I mean, you can't, he can't be much more wide open than that. Goodness well, gracious. Well, easy six points. So I wanted to talk to you about the passing game because a lot has been made about it, and understandably, the Chiefs traded away a possible future Hall of Fame wide receiver. Mm-hmm. My biggest takeaway from the game is that Juju was their number one. Oh, for sure. We can talk a lot about them spreading the ball around, and I'm not saying that they won't. Mm -hmm. Juju got twice as many receivers, or as many targets as MVS, and there's no way you can watch that game and think that McCall Hardman is their number one wide receiver. Their number one wide receiver is Juju Smith-Schuster. That was my biggest takeaway from what I saw on Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, I'm just happy that all the things that I saw on St. Joseph Carrington uh, proved to be accurate. Um, you know, we had talked before and I was like, Hey, you know, even though Juju hasn't done anything in the preseason, part of that is by strategic strategy. Like the Cardinals had no film of this man doing anything in the preseason, but he's really good in that intermediate area, man. He's really good at taking advantage of zone coverage. Um, he's shorthanded, you know, the one mistake yesterday was obviously having the ball punched out right before halftime. Um, so as long as he cleans that up, like, yeah, he's their number one. I think, you know, the way I would try to project this moving forward for the Chiefs is you have Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster. Those guys will get the majority of the targets because they are mismatches wherever they line up on the field. Like, Kelsey can be the X receiver on the outside, and I'm sorry, Isaiah Simmons, like, you can't cover him. He got a, he got a workout on Sunday. <laughs> he was running. <laughs> he got a workout. I mean, they did the homeboy. Dirty. I would love to see his Fitbit because I imagine he got a lot of steps in. Dude, he's he's literally in the lead of my story. Just the idea of hands on hips, head bowed, looking at the scoreboard, being like, how do I cover this man? Like, he embodied just a defeated NFL player. Like, I have worked out very hard this offseason, and I am nowhere close to covering Travis Kelsey because that man is going in the Hall of Fame. But even for someone like Buda Baker, okay, you want to come down and, and cover Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot? The Chiefs will be like, we like that matchup. And Buda Baker's a really good player. But guess what? Short-handed, tall, athletic, can make a guy miss in the open field. Supposed to be the Chiefs sort of yak guy so far. Um, Juju's that guy. And it may not account for a ton of touchdowns, but he's going to be great from the 20 to the 20. And then you get in the red zone, and obviously that's where Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy sort of work on these sort of you know, creative plays, Mahomes will scramble. He'll find whoever is open. But I think moving the ball down the field, getting all those first downs, like that's that's for Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster. So where does everything else come from? 
I think moving forward, they're going to scheme a lot of one-on-one opportunities for Sky Moore on deeper routes. I think McCole Hartman will still do a lot of the quick stuff, you know, where he'll come in motion like that touchdown pass. Hey, come in motion and just beat a man in the spot. Hey, come down on the jet sweeps. Hey, misdirections plays, you know, and he'll still run deep routes as well based on whatever they scheme up. And then I think Marquez Valdez-Scantlin will be jump ball guy, deep guy, red zone guy. Like, that's that's probably what his role is going to be. Um, and if everybody stays healthy, the quarterback is supposed to find the open man. So much of last year built Mahomes for this year. Hey, we're not going to let you throw the ball to Tyreek Hill. I don't care what he's doing. Put three guys on him if he's 30 yards downfield. One of the best images last year, Carrington, was the Chiefs were inside the red zone, and the, and the Philadelphia Eagles had – both safety's feet in the end zone. Hey, guys, they, like, there's, oh, there's less than 20 yards of cover. We don't care. He ain't getting in the end zone. Like, no. Like, you you have to check it down. So whether it's a blitz and making a quick decision or, hey, they're going to play back, and now you have maybe one or two options in the intermediate zone, maybe you have an option for an outlet out of the backfield, like, just take the easy yardage and then use that play action, use those specialty plays to your advantage, and – when in doubt, just trust Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster. They are the most accomplished guys in this passing game, and that's why, to your point, they're probably going to get the most targets this year. I wouldn't be unhappy if they announced a long-term extension for Juju Smith-Schuster today. If they announced hmm. a deal that was similar to around what MVS got, mm-hmm. he signed a three-year, $30 million deal, which is basically a two for 15. Right. That's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. I'd be perfectly fine if they signed Juju to that contract right now. Now, Juju probably wants to hit the open market one more time. Pro- probably so. But if- Juju is exactly what they need. Oh, of course. Like, I, there were people in the organization that were like, we really wanted, we really needed him last year. You know, when they tried to, persuade him to leave the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he ended up staying to play alongside Ben Roethlisberger's, you know, sort of farewell season. And the money was similar, and he didn't want to necessarily change, you know, new teams, new, you know, city, new playbook, you know. Hey, let me just come back and do what I do. He got hurt, unfortunately, and so now he was ready to move forward. But, I mean, the Chiefs thought he would have been perfect for their offense last year. Um, and he's making less money this year than he probably would have made last year if he had signed with the team. So, yeah, your your point is it's an interesting thought process because say the Chiefs are 10-2. and two. Uh, If I was Brett Veach and Mike Berganzi in the front office, yeah, I would be coming to him being like, hey, how can we, how can we lock you up for another year or two because this offense is great. We're, you know, headed for the number one seed maybe in the AFC. Obviously, we're going to try to make a postseason run. It, it's it's an interesting thought because I think this offense is more than capable of, of just, again, being one of the top units in the league, moving the football, scoring a lot of points. I mean, they scored 44 points yesterday. And, like, Juju was good. Wasn't spectacular, just good, just very reliable. They didn't have they didn't have any offensive player, I would say, that had a great day aside from Mahomes and Kelsey. They right. had a lot of guys who had a good day. Yeah, and it, and I think it can only get better, right? I agree because it's it's just their first time in a real game, going through all the all the scenarios, all the situations, and, and obviously game planning for an opponent. Um, yeah, I mean, what's wild is that some team is going to 
start respecting Juju Smith-Schuster more. And that's when Marquez Valdez-Scantlin and Sky Moore have to make those opponents pay. Like, hey, they're, they want to take away that eight-yard route. Or, hey, it's third and nine, and they want to protect, you know, the, the down marker. All right, well, it's time for Marquez to run a 25-yard, you know, corner, post, go route, and give Mahomes time, and he's going to deliver the ball. So these these wide receivers are going to feed off of one another, play off one another, and it should better support the quarterback. The quarterback no longer feels like he has to throw the ball to 10 because of 10's unique skill set. Now it's about reading the coverage and seeing who can be consistent and relied upon most and then using one receiver to get another open. That'll be that'll be fascinating because I think again, it's only one game, y'all, but this is the best collection of receivers this dude's ever had. Like Demarcus Robinson was serviceable at times. Byron Pringle, I think, got the most out of his body last year, similar to what Darrell Williams did. But Sky Moore can be better than both of those guys if he continues to develop at a fast rate. Marquez Valdez-Scantlin is a better receiver, especially as a deep threat, than what Patrick Mahomes has had in the past. And maybe these guys can be more healthier or more durable than what Sammy Watkins provided. So there's a chance that, like, if this unit, this group of receivers – continue to ascend alongside Mahomes, then all of a sudden this office becomes very similar to what it was in 2018. That's like the that's like the top of the top of the goal. Um but based on the skill set and what they can present, um this group has a chance to be really, really productive. I want to give you my overreaction thought from watching one game of the Chiefs. You know everybody's got their one mm-hmm. overreaction bowl prediction. It is never going to happen for McCole Hardman. I think this is what he is. I think there was a hope that there was another ceiling, that he could maybe be that one or that two. Mm -hmm. I think at best he is always your third gadget player option. Like MVS is a better wide receiver than he is. Juju is a better wide receiver than he is. I think Sky Moore has the opportunity to develop into a better wide receiver. That's not saying that there's not a role for McColl, that he can't find a niche and be a really productive player. But if you're telling me to give you my overreaction from one game from the Chiefs, I think this is I think this is the ceiling of McCall Hardman. Can you can you give me can you give me a month before I before I agree with you? Okay. There was one play in the first half, and I I I thought it was more on McColl than than Patrick. I think Patrick probably being the quarterback says, Hey, let me, let me, you know, that was my bad basically. Um, even though he was like incredibly accurate yesterday, but there's one deep pass that they set up for McCall Hartman early in the game against the Cardinals. And an argument can be made that McCall probably should have dove for the ball Lay out for it. It's right there. Hey, maybe the quarterback didn't have a perfect pocket, but he still had time to deliver a pretty significant strike. It's the first game, Carrington. Let me just. Let I'm me, just telling you, that's my that's my me, overreaction just, one week. Everybody gets overreaction. If, if people can say that Jody Forsen is going to have eight touchdowns, <laughs> I can't tell you that about McCole Harvin. I can't give you that take. Jody Forsen might have eight touchdowns. <laughs> can we talk about that? I do want to. I know it. I know it sets you up every time. <laughs> I just don't. I don't understand it. Is maybe it? He's like, a I, he's a matchup problem, Carrington. I would say. Why is he not a matchup problem anywhere else on the field? Because Travis Kelsey takes so much attention in the red zone because we don't want to give a touchdown to Travis Kelsey, even though they did uh, yesterday. I just don't. I 
maybe this is it. And I, I said this earlier. Right. I'm big on, like, when you make a comparison for a player. All right. All right. When I watch X, he reminds me of, of this person. Of y. right? Yes. Uh-huh. There is no NFL player like Joey Fortson. <laughs> he has been throwing the ball six times in his career. He has caught a touchdown on three of them. Right. They don't throw it to him anywhere else. It's not like on a third and five. They're like, hey, you know what we should go right here? Really reliable Jody Fortson. Jody Fortson. Hey, man. That's not who he is. It's hey. just, it just, it defies everything I know about the NFL. I can't explain it. He's got a lane and he's running, he's running in it. He knows his role. They they get they scheming this man open. But look, Jody Fortson is a phenomenon for all the reasons you mentioned. I just want to see McCole catch two highlight worthy receptions in games moving forward. Because that's what's available to him. Um, they set up one for him yesterday. It didn't work out. So, you know, I always like to give a player a month in whatever new context of a season. But, hey, if he's six targets for three receptions, 16 yards, one touchdown in the red zone, then you can work with that, but it isn't what you hoped or projected when you took him in the second round. All right. I'm hearing from the board that we got to take a break. We'll take a break. We'll continue to recap the Chiefs' dominant performance against the Arizona Cardinals. Also take a look ahead to a pretty significant matchup between the Chiefs and the Chargers on Thursday Night Football. It is the Nate Taylor Show live on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Jones was asked to rate the defensive performance. He gave it a C plus. And you know it's wild when even I'm thinking, wow, that's really harsh. He wants to be defensive player of the year, man. Kyler Murray threw over 30 passes and less than 200 yards. Kyler Murray led them in rushing with 29. What more could the Chiefs have done defensively than they did? The first eight possessions. For the Arizona Cardinals, they got 148 yards. <laughs> I don't know what more the Chiefs could have done defensively in the game. Chris Jones sounds like Ed Reed in those uh, in that great video when he I'm was hurt, at, dog. When he was with Miami, Joaquin said, "Dominate, we not doing it." Chris, they have seven points <laughs> through three quarters. Um, I think a little bit of it is he's he's having fun with us. But also, like, he knows uh, he probably should have had a sack. But Kyler Murray's, like, really electric. He, Hey, man, he ducked you. He's really small. <laughs> like, he's my size compared to giants on the field. Um, but no, like, I think, like, man, the defense really supported Patrick in the offense yesterday. Like, how many missed tackles do you remember, Carrington? What many. I mean, how many times do you think, like, dang, they, that, that dude's running wide open? How many times did Kyler Murray just look comfortable? Um, it was a smart game plan. They didn't they didn't try to like go right at him. They just sort of kept him in the pocket and didn't let him like, you know, extend a ton of plays. You know, how many times did, did you look at a defender on like a rookie on defense and man, ooh, he's he's out of place. He he looks he looks lost or very inexperienced. Like George Karloftis, I thought had a very like clean game. Just like, hey. Didn't give up a ton in the running game. Um, you know, had the big hit on Kyler Murray on fourth down to, you know, to stop some of that momentum that was caused by the Juju Smith-Schuster fumble. 
but I mean, I mean, Chris isn't gonna say this Thursday if they if they somehow prevent the Chargers from getting twenty points through three quarters. <laughs> like, I get it, but at the same time, that's a better performance than I think they've ever had for an opener with Steve Spagnuolo as the coordinator. I know we'll talk about this more over the course of the next twenty minutes or so. I wasn't watching the Chargers game super closely just because it was on the same time as the right. Chiefs, but I had it on the top TV. I had an eye on it, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. It's really a mixed bag for the Chargers. Isn't like, that the like, entire Chargers experience, though? But they won a game against a playoff team from last year, a team that I picked to make the playoffs, right? A tough division to win. you got to take care of business at home, right? Like right. all of those things. Right, right. I also don't think that they played really well. I also think that they left a lot of meat on the bone and the Raiders had an opportunity to win that football game multiple times and just couldn't kind of get through the door. It's not like I think you should feel great if you're the Chargers in week one. You simply did what you were supposed to do in week one against the Raiders. Right. And unlike the Bills or the Chiefs, you didn't dominate. You know, like you could argue the Miami Dolphins had a better performance at home against a former playoff team than the Chargers did. Um, now, it's a divisional game, so you know those those teams know each other well. So maybe that's a little bit of a reason why it's tighter. Um, I think Herbert spread the ball around a little bit more than he did a year ago. Um, Keenan Allen obviously has his hamstring injury. We'll, we'll see if he plays on Thursday. Similar with, you know, Trent McDuffie having his injury uh, in the second half of the Chiefs game. But... What'll really matter is can you can you get pressure on Justin Herbert? And I think for Chris Jones, he felt like, hey, on the stat sheet, we got three sacks, but he also mentioned after the game we should have had three more. And so for Chris, it's like we got pressure. Yes, we didn't give up a big play, but we we gotta hit the quarterback a little bit more. We gotta get him on the ground a few more times. If they sack Justin Herbert for a five times at home, you know, with the loud crowd in Arrowhead, then I think that'll be a, a, a positive sign um, because the trouble with Herbert is he is nowhere near as electric or as shifty or can change directions as a Kyler Murray or a Lamar Jackson. But that dude is tough to bring down. And he can sort of stiff arm you and still throw an accurate pass um, to a receiver. So if you want to stop the Chargers – and you want to stop them from throwing the ball deep, get some hit on Herbert. Um, and that goes to the defensive line that will lean heavily on Chris Jones's influence. But, hey, continue to get production out of Carlos Dunlap, who got a sack yesterday. Um, Frank Clark had moments where he showed his burst, or at least he got Kyler Murray to sort of get off where he wanted to throw the football or hold the football a little bit longer. And, yeah, George Karloftis continued to make progress and who knows, maybe he can use his sort of second, third efforts to get a sack too. Um, but that'll be the real test for the Chiefs on Thursday is can you hit Justin Herbert over and over again or is he going to have time to throw the ball deep, um, you know, against a pretty young secondary that's relying mostly on Justin Reed and, and Juan Thornville. Because my fear for this game on Thursday, I said this to you on Friday, I didn't think that Arizona – was able to exploit any of the perceived weaknesses that I have about the Chiefs. I don't think they were healthy enough, disciplined enough, talented enough mm-hmm. to really be able to exploit the weaknesses that the Chiefs have. The Chargers are. 
Like the Chargers can we, really test this team in a vertical passing game yep. and really put pressure on those young corners. The Chiefs or the Chargers can really get pressure with their front four. They don't have to blitz nearly as much and drop guys in coverage. They can send right. Khalil Mack at you and Bosa at you, and both of those guys had four sacks combined in their game against the Raiders. The Chargers, to me, are one of the five most talented teams in the league. Like This is a really good test to see where both teams are early in the season. This is a team that we think can win the Super Bowl in Kansas City, a team that is trying to elevate to where Kansas City's level is. If you're the Chargers, you can go 2-0 and and steal this game. That's a big boost. If you're the Chiefs, you're thinking, man, the Chargers did all this stuff in the offseason and still can't beat us. Right. I think this is a really big where-are-you-at statement game for both sides. Yeah, so if, if we think Keenan Allen is not going to play on Thursday. I don't think he's going to play. Then the next receiver is Mike Williams. So what do you do to prevent him from, from wrecking the game? Well, then it comes to obviously getting pressure on the quarterback. And the one guy that has always been a, a trouble for the Chiefs is Austin Eckler. Yesterday, he had four receptions for 36 yards. Uh, he was targeted four times. But the, the, the Chargers just use Austin Eckler a ton because he forces guys to miss tackles and he can do a lot of yards after catch. Um, so it'll be interesting if you don't give up the deep ball to Justin Herbert and he does check it down to Austin Eckler, can you keep him from breaking out? Can you keep him from getting into the end zone um, and being that sort of all, you know, all everything running back for the Chargers? Um, I mean, hey, Justin Herbert averaged 8.2 yards an attempt yesterday. It's pretty good. Um, three touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, a a turnover or two will be helpful uh, if you're the Chiefs as well. But yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert is just as talented as Josh Allen, who you know you're gonna see in January. Justin Herbert, in my opinion, is more talented than Joe, than Joe Burrow, who you even with their loss yesterday, I assume they'll make the playoffs. Um, they, I mean, the, 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 there's no team that should be kicking themselves more today than the Bengals. Like that was a game that the last. 15 minutes I was watching pretty closely getting ready for the Chiefs game Mm -hmm. I I had the bottom TV on red zone the top TV on the game is kind of switching back and forth I watched a good deal of the final drive and overtime the Bengals had three separate chances to win the game and just blew it every single time Uh, very reminiscent of the Chiefs last year like very reminiscent of their September where you're like how'd they lose that game because I believe that they are more talented than the Pittsburgh Steelers but divisional game you make mistakes. You don't get it done in the kicking department. Hey, you're 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 viable to to have an L to start the season. Um, but yeah, this comes down to who can affect whose quarterback more on Thursday. Can the Chargers do enough to make Mahomes really strain or really be frustrated moving the ball down the field? Is it not as fluid or as fun as it was on Sunday? And for the Chiefs, like. Hey, man, like, can you force Justin Herbert to make a bad decision, an interception? Can you force – can you sack him? He was not sacked yesterday. So um, that'll be one way to determine if the defensive line is really improved. Can you can you get Justin Herbert on the ground? So whose quarterback is more affected on the game will likely determine the outcome. Keep it locked in. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show here live on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
Nate Taylor here. Carrington here. It's the Nate Taylor Show. The Broncos offense. Boo-boo. Doesn't look that great. Boo-boo. <laughs> Doesn't look that great. <laughs> you telling me a, a, a quarterback playing with new receivers with a, with a new head coach might, might have some stumbles early? Well, it just doesn't look that great. I mean, I ain't got a chance to really watch it the way I want to watch hey, it. Hey, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, well, I mean, I mean Pete Carroll's watched this man for 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 years. He so does. You, uh, he does know what he does well. And what so he yeah, yeah, do well. yeah. You, you, you would hope they got to uh, let Russ cook, man. They got to let Russ cook. They got to let Russ cook. They man. really should let this man sling it around fifty times just to just see what happens. Yeah, just to prove a point. Like, just to see what happens. <laughs> the best I've ever seen Russell Wilson play was that. Remember that Sunday game they played against the Patriots with Cam Newton, and they just were going. It's like. How did this happen? Like, how did this game just break out of nowhere? Yeah. He's the highest scoring game I've ever seen. Yeah, and he was an MVP candidate at the time. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. I mean, things change quickly in this league, Carrington. They 100% do. So, I have the four best quarterbacks in the league. Okay. As Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, and Allen. I would, I, would, I would take Brady out. You don't think Brady's top five anymore? Nope. Brady should have won MVP last year. No, he shouldn't have. What? I think they just wanted to give it to Aaron. I don't know why they were so hell bent on giving it to Aaron. I thought Brady had. I thought Brady had a strong on the MVP argument last year. He had a good. He had a really good season. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers only threw to one man and won the MVP award. <laughs> <laughs> you know how hard that is. It's very, very difficult to do. <laughs> very difficult the, to do. The other thing too is like Rodgers really doesn't throw interceptions, so his touchdown to interception ratio is always out of whack compared to like everybody else because it's like, dude, really. Dude doesn't throw picks, mostly because he's throwing to Devontae Adams, who's still really good, kids. So who do you have as your top five then? Because I, I just assume that everybody kind of has them in their top four, and then it's who do you think is the fifth best quarterback in the league? Because there's mm-hmm. probably about four different options, and Herbert is one of those options. Yeah, Herbert. Um, I'll tell, I'm telling you, man, I'm 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 high on that on that narcotic. Okay, like I, <laughs> the only man who has done things similar to Patrick Mahomes in this league he is Justin Herbert. Um, yes, Josh Allen is incredibly talented. Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback in the league. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. That fifth spot is really, really, really up for debate because there are some times where I think Joe Burrow processes and is so accurate with those skill position players, and I'm like, hey, that, that's a really good quarterback. Uh, Matthew Stafford had a great season last year. Um, when he's healthy in the McVay system, that's a that's arguably a top-five quarterback. Um, you know, you know, you know, I want to do it. If he can just stay healthy, Lamar Jackson might, might be the fifth guy I choose. I don't think I could put him over Herbert. I get just, he won. Herbert's Herbert's four. Jackson's five for me. Okay. I'm taking Brady out. Like Brady's 45. Like it's not going to get better. It's just. He is what he is. I love Lamar. I if you're telling me right now I am starting a team and it's only for this individual season. Only for the 2022 season. I could not take Lamar Jackson over Tom Brady. I could and I love Lamar. I love Lamar the way that you love Lamar. I think that Lamar gets Mm-mm. unfairly criticized. Mm-mm. He has Mm-mm. started 50 regular season games. They have won 38 of them. I love Lamar. I think Lamar gets unfairly Mm-mm. criticized. Tomorrow, if I'm starting a team from scratch, I would take Tom Brady. No, 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 no. No. I, I just I guess it, it, this is a fun discussion because I really don't have anything to like totally disprove your argument other than I think at this stage right now, Lamar Jackson is a more talented quarterback who can do more things to help your team win. Brady will not do anything to help your, to, to cause your team to lose. I think that's um, something that we don't put into the equation a ton is like, 
hey, man, can my quarterback not be Jacoby Brissett? Can my quarterback not be Baker Mayfield in the first half yesterday? Where, again, it also looked like, man, Baker Mayfield, new team, new system, new offense. Ooh, looks kind of rough. Looks really bad. Um, I just think people kind of forget about Lamar, and that's fine. Um, Tom Brady is a legend. I don't know, man. I just, they didn't look great yesterday. Um, I don't them, think they're going to look great the whole season. Them being the Buccaneers. Um, you know, I'm with you. I, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to look great the whole season either. But he won't. He will not be the reason they lose. And I think that's, I think that's a quality that will help that team probably make the playoffs. Brady looked like a man beaten down by everything going on in his life. So why, why, why? So why is he a top five quarterback? <laughs> Because he's because you and I because you know, know in January how we gonna be yeah this I don't man. know why yeah like I, I I've done this too many times with Tom Brady I don't want any parts of it I don't want any parts of it man yeah this but, was, oh I was gonna say this this was fun we should uh we should do this we should uh we should consider doing this for the entire season yeah you know Herbert's gonna do something nuts on Thursday and I just want people to understand that's how everybody feels when they when they play against him. No, he's gonna do something crazy I'm like oh that's good oh you like the Chargers like you didn't, you didn't see what he just, just did? did you didn't see that like I don't, I'm the only one that saw that uh all right this is a lot of fun you will be on the station multiple times this week yes sir it is a major game between the Chiefs and the Chargers in my opinion two of the three best teams currently in the AFC. It was a lot of fun. We'll be back again next Monday to do this Nate Taylor show. Dusty Likens up next. Take care of yourself. You're listening to the Nate Taylor show Monday nights at seven on your official broadcast partner at the Kansas city chiefs, 610 sports radio.